0: Just up here, in the church is not mine. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I follow this dude on Facebook. what? what is it? it's, it's, it's a blog, and this nigga put out, okay, white people, ask black. People. The recipes when I was at Walmart the other day, I followed this, uh, this big black mama around. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I just be like, I mean, you just like, you started off wrong. Like, like yeah, that joke is funny, though. Yeah, like, <laughs> she's like, I followed this, uh, big black mama around. Big, big mama around. No, she just nuke her cook. In two, three hours, I follow her around and, and watch her get in and got everything she got. I ain't gonna lie, my family love those chicken cutlets I cook that night. Like, chicken cutlets? (laughs) Your ass is right here. You don't under, do you not see that that's a sign that we can got problems in this country? That we result into eating chicken cutlets? You should have said, oh my gosh, she's eating chicken cutlets. Like, that's a problem. You ain't see that shit. I don't care about that shit. Not at all. (laughs)
0: Hey, what's going on? Okay, what was that you just uh, sent me? Start the radio show. Can I hit you right after? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll hit you back. What you What you doing today? you meetings. Mm-hmm. All right. Shane, was good. Okay. All right. I'll hit you back in a few. All right. Thanks, Shane. Uh, uh. <clears throat>
1: yes.
0: Yeah. I'll take one shirt. Sometimes I might leave a little, I gotta do the blue crabs and I, I thug that whole mug out while I was watching. I don't, I don't eat
1: blue
0: crabs, Nah? You just don't like them? Or you don't like picking through them and it's stuff?
1: Do you? Yeah, yeah. So I just don't eat Yeah. I'm throwing these mugs out. Yeah, it just don't be a little meat for me
0: Yeah, that's what I always think, but then I start eating it and I be full. I yeah. guess because, uh, pro- you know what, I probably eat more of the other stuff. Like it ends up being That's like slightly too much for me. You
1: know my man, Brian? You know
0: him? Yeah, from uh, what's-the-face?
1: Uh, Impact,
0: Impact, yeah. Didn't he go to Orlando somewhere or Tampa? For a church plant? For a church plant, Really? Is he, going, is he doing youth pastor or is he pastor? Really? Is he the lead pastor or is assistant pastor? I don't know does he? Does he wear? was he? Does he wear brief or does he wear boxers? Freeball. I can tell you this: he's not with his brother,
1: Commander. Um, not with him.
0: You said his brother? Yeah,
1: Jordan Deniz is his
0: brother. That's what he Is know. Brandon's? Yeah. Like his actual brother.
1: His actual brother. Really? Yeah.
0: I never knew that.
1: I thought it was his dead. He was like, "I'm telling my brother." He said,
0: "No, that's my brother." That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't talk to him, met him a few times or whatever. He he, uh, he he seems like a really good guy. I mean, that makes even seem like more of a good guy to be from that family and be so kind of mild. He seems super humble to me.
1: Like they good, good catching up with and her
2: mind
0: is at with the of they, 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 they confuse me sometimes. I told you, them. You know, she's super, sweet. She's, super yeah. sweet. she's so sweet. But then, like, if, when, if I hang around them, so, like, after a while, I start seeing certain things where yeah. I'll be like, mm, you like, you know what I mean? you need to be real religious
1: to be so free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because she made a comment.
0: What she mean by that? Okay.
1: She was like, "What are you doing?" Now, she was saying she wouldn't promote promote them no more. And I get that, but she was like, well, "Let me just remove you from my friends daughter, you know? and all." I was just like, "Nah, they the ones that follow need, need you the most right now." Yeah, for real. So, Religious bastards, I promise you, bro. like, they're just unbelievable. Unbelievable. How did you want you want me to entertain you 24 hours a day, seven days a goddamn week, but don't want me to make no money? How you get mad at somebody because they got advertisement deals on their page? Who, who said this? Somebody got mad at, uh, 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 belief. So shocked to hear their their thoughts. Their thoughts on this, like, so you want to see me? You want you want me to entertain you all day, and you don't want to pay me no money? Shut the hell up! We already rolling.
3: Go. What's recording? Everything. Facebook Live. <laughs> I'll be like, Phil be like, I just don't know
0: what world Phil will be got. I ain't turn the Facebook Live on, i about to on. Phil will have you in here, divorced out this joint. <laughs> I'm saying. Fellas, I need to confess some sin. Not knowing you on Facebook Live. Real grievous. <laughs> Real dirty
3: stuff.
0: Phil will be like, come on with it.
1: What exactly did you do? <laughs> did you go in or what? Like, I want to know exactly what to pray for. So I need you to expound. <laughs>
0: Like, yeah,
3: How'd she know, know you? you Like how's she know she, you look like? She knows she knows my wife.
1: Uh she's sister to one of my wife's friends. That the same friend happens to go to school with me back in the day. Okay. She just got close with my wife, but I didn't know who my wife was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So she was like, I know Jayla, yeah, she's friends with my uh, sister, uh
0: Precious. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She's like, Yeah, but she's like about your um, mom I listen to y'all show. Hold on. Like, you talking about precious? Is his sister beautiful? No. Okay. Yeah, no. Oh okay. That's
1: yeah. funny, um, she like, I am i am She i about things that be talking about. And said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about like, to about. And
2: I'm like
0: well, i appreciate it. And then I away and she said, Oh, okay, You're going to have to get a tattoo, bro.
3: So I got fans. You got fans I got dude. some
0: fans. You do. You have to get a tattoo now. You're going to have to get a right, shirt, dog, or tattooed on you make it official. So so the concept is and shirt. Sure, you, like, you can bring in any notes or whatever. Like, what I was thinking is, like, I was going to go in on kind of what we've been doing with the each one or each one and, the point, like, the point of it, like, the false relationships, all this stuff, whatever, um, but kind of go into, like, why it's, why it's necessary, you know what I'm saying? To, you know, the intentionality of being evangelistic or even building community inside of the church and like, but, but what does it actually look like? You know, like, as opposed to, you know, like one of the parts, like I'm talking about, like the dinner table, like our dinner, like if you ask most people if they had, have had anybody of another race at their table, they'll say no, like straight up, like 20, 30 years in their house, and be like, never, never has happened. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people. And so, and then kind of. One walked by my door. Saw him
3: from
0: the
3: window because I was peeping
0: through. And I had his ass arrested. That's what I did.
3: You know I called 911.
0: Mic check. one, two, one, two. two. Sure, you got your mic.
3: Yep. Ooh.
0: Ah. Wah <laughs> wah.
3: Around this way. I'm gonna put my flip phone on silent. Let me just. Yep. Clap back. <laughs> Young, Young gentleman, how we living? We good. Phil, where you at, man? Hold on,
0: I'll pull it back. We could slide. We can slide all the way back if we need to. Cool.
3: <laughs> oh, man. This is how we do. Real exciting show so far.
1: So, y'all. A lot going on. Who's, who you say that was? Abby Jack. Abby, Abby Jack.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Popping.
0: Y'all ready, rock? It's rock, man. Let's rock. All right. We already good?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I'm about to bring this on in.
1: Let's do
0: it. And five. You got the time?
1: And five,
0: four, three, two. Yo, 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 what's going on? It's the Bill Radio Show. You already know what it is. You're rocking with the Bless. It's Pure Radio, 103.7 FM, 1320 AM. You know what I'm saying? You know what it is, Saturday afternoon, 6 p.m., bim, bim. You know what I'm saying? This is Jay hey, Julioli's, whatever, I got my people with me, whatever, we doing our thing. Fellas, what's cracking, yo? It's cracking. bim, bim. What's popping? It's your boy, Philly Yillis and we already here. Let's do this, homeboy. You know what
1: I mean? The Ville Radio, she is Let's
3: go. <coughs> anyway, it's a Bill's, <laughs> Bill Radio show, and I am also appearing on it, and I'm glad to be here, Jay and Phil. Thanks for having me.
0: Yo, who are you today? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing?
3: I just have a just a persona I want to keep up, you know. Oh, true, indeed. The white guy. All
0: right. So, uh, anyway. You, you, Shirk, you're all the way white, brother. You ain't got to keep <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, you got to do all
1: that. Shirk, this not Let's go, baby. Straight up. Shirk, dog. Yo,
0: so Jacksonville, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? It's the Ville radio show, whatever. We happy to be rocking with you today, you know what I mean? And uh, you know how I go. We're going to do our normal thing. We want to talk about a few things. We might play a song or two, you know what I mean? But Fellas, how y'all feeling today?
1: I feel good, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's been, it's been interesting, but well, you know, I had a good week. So, pop it on now. Let's just get, get it popping. I want to hear what we're talking about today. You
0: know? Straight up and down. Yeah. Sheriff Dog, how you feeling, brother?
3: I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah. And I don't know why. I was thinking about it when I was uh, driving over today, but man, it's going to sound kind of like, oh, you're a super Christian, but for real? I've been enjoying reading recently. You
0: never say anything like this.
3: <laughs> this is still
1: the Ville Radio Show, ladies and gentlemen. Still the video Radio Show. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what I'm
0: talking about.
3: But, you know, I've, I don't know, I've just found myself reading a lot more recently and getting excited about who God is. I've been reading the Bible a lot more, just on my own time, on my own dime. So, nice. it's just been, I've just been kind of in a good spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Enjoying the Lord. Basically. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up. I
1: guess I could sound very carnal. Just take it back down again and see. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. The Jaguars are four and three. You know what I'm
0: saying? I keep an eye on the sports. Well, we Jack civilians. You know, we celebrate the Jags. You already know who it is. You know what I mean? We celebrate
1: the Bible, too, and Jesus and all of that. All those things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, are they just on an equal plane, Phil, or what are we? No, no, no equal, no equal. Okay, no equal. all right, I just got to I got to make sure we 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 uh, we, uh, we right over here, you know what I mean? All right, so listen, man, I got a couple of things I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about, like, um, evangelism, you know what I'm saying? So y'all know, like, at DeVille Church or whatever, shout out to DeVille Church, that's our sponsor. You know, we just kicked off in a series a couple of weeks ago we just ran through. Uh, me and Pastor Shirk were preaching on it called Each One Reach One. And so this pretty much was this was a effort um, for our church, you know, to to, for evangelism, to pursue evangelism as a church holistically, um, also build community in our church. And so we called it each one reach one. And it wasn't just a it's not a fly by night little concept we came up with. It's something that we actually want inside of the DNA of our church. And so pretty much this is what it is. It, It had the three parts. It was eat, invite and pray. Right. Yep. I got all of them, right? So basically the concept is this right here. You, you pray for somebody, like you focus your prayer on somebody like God that he's been pointing your heart to. Um, you know, like he has, like, you know, you may have a family member that, you know, in your heart is kind of heavy for him, but it's like focus on praying for that person or whatever. Like, you know, like make that person a focus for a month. Not that you don't pray for anybody else, but just a very intentional coming before the Lord right. for a person. And then inviting somebody to um, eat. Right, mm-hmm. to come to eat or whatever. Um, you know, hold on. Dude, we we said we said,
3: eat, invite. Are you trying to get the order right? Yeah, yeah. You no. Know, you. So what you do is, you pray because you want to know, Lord, give me eyes to see who you want me to actually engage with. And then whoever that person is, you start praying for them and praying how you can eat with them. Yeah. How you can actually get to know them and befriend them. And, and then, then invite. you invite them. I got you. Okay. Yeah, All right. Got you. All right.
0: I keep thinking, of, I always think of it like pie, but it's actually the other way. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, and so is the prayer aspect. And then there's also the part of eating. And so what we wanted people in our church to do was eat with somebody you actually don't know, like once a month. Just get one person to your house at your dinner table. And, 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 and have a meal with somebody that's not in your clique and in your crew, but somebody who you've never had at your dinner table before. Um,
3: which, stopping right there, how many people have done that?
0: Yo, like, I want to get into this a little bit more or whatever, but, like, the question is, this right here, just to start it off, if you ask people if they've ever had anybody of another race at their table, most people will answer no.
3: And I don't even think you need to say that. Ask people: Have you ever had someone in your house that you don't know yeah. at your table? Yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 then we can also go into class as well. Like, sure. like the Bible talks about, like, like, like the word says, eat with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Invite somebody to dinner who actually can't pay you back, right? Mm-hmm. That's this. So you know, I think that when we think about like normally what we see happening inside of church and and. the kind of carnality of what we begin to believe in kind of our American life, we start kind of leaning towards this thing where we dress our table up with a bunch of cute people that um, we want to impress or we want them to come see our awesome house or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But we don't, it's not, we're not diversifying the table the way I think the Bible is actually talking about and referring to. And
3: what's crazy is what you just said, the reasons why we invite people to our house. Yeah. Because we want to show off things. Yeah. We want them to come with the expectation that they might actually invite us back. Yeah. Like it's a, na- like a networking type deal. Like you scratch, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of thing. And nobody does it the other way. And what's crazy is Jesus talks about that exact thing. Yep. In scripture. Yeah. Like he talks about it with the Pharisees just saying like, um. It it basically says this in Luke 14. It says, um, when you're invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor. No, no, no. It's the next part. Um, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they will invite you in return and you will be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Yeah. For you'll be repaid at the resurrection. Yep. I mean, this is my thing sometimes I think about. Like, we talk about scripture. People who are Christians talk about God and stuff. But what what does this actually change if you read this and you believe that the God of the universe said this, gave you gave this command? Yeah. Like, what does that actually change?
0: Yeah. I mean, number one, I think, I, and I'm going to speak for me personally or whatever. I want to generalize it, but I'm going to just start with me. Yeah, That's convicting. Right. It's convicting because yeah. I don't think that I personally live with that type of intentionality. Um, you know, I could try to defend myself or whatever. I've had diversity at my table. I've had people who would fit in these categories at my table. But I don't think I live with an intentionality in my heart. And I think that the scripture is talking about literally putting into practice an intentionality of living this way, where I mean i don 't think there's anything wrong with people like, Hey, come look, at, you know like you know we work hard on our house, we design it we we 're happy with it, and everything else, and you want people to see it, and you want your friends to enjoy it, but I think that there's a time and a season that like that shouldn't be our pattern of an intentionality. Sure. I think what we put into practice and become practices are is what the scriptures actually. Yeah. Saying or whatever, and so I think that I think that exposes all of us, whatever. Thank God for grace mm-hmm. that we get to confess that and, and pray to walk into that more. But yeah, it's against the scripture.
1: I mean, I I just kind of think about it's very convicted for me because I, I just think about the time that I don't even have to even get to that point to even to even say. Hey, you want to come to dinner in my house? Like, I'm ripped, like, or even engage a person that I don't know mm-hmm. because I'm always, and I think that's the thing now in, in, in today's world is like, I think subconsciously as Christians, as you might disagree with me, but I still think sometimes in the back of our mind, we think is if we grinding and working hard, God is proud of that. Like. That's, he's proud of the movement. Yeah, yeah. He's proud of the grind, and we don't get to engage people. The most important thing that he placed on his earth is image bearers. is different people, and so it's very convicted for me.
0: You know we, I mean? we we be having our boxes checked because we think we're being good Christians. So like yeah. we bypass all. It's like I'm not killing this stuff, but I'm, <laughs> I'm cool on so many things <laughs> that we don't even slow down. You you know you know who messed with me on this whole eating dinner thing? My, our boy Matt. When I first met Matt, bro, I couldn't believe how many people was coming to his crib to eat dinner. Pit Brothers, that was just off to me. That was like, I ain't letting a homeboy in my crib. Yeah, that's yo, what yo. I he, he would just have him right at the dinner table and, like, and, and like not on no, like, shallow stuff, neither. Like, going into their life, getting involved in their situations, like, and everything else or whatever. And it really, it, it convicted me, for right. real, straight up and down. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, they used their dinner table to... You know what I'm saying? Build relationships to move the
3: gospel forward and to evangelize. And so. Why y'all think the dinner table is like that? Like we're saying dinner table, but just a table and eating with people. Why, why, why is it so common that you see in scripture people sharing meals, like feasts to remember things? Um, like why, why eating? Why not like any other activity?
1: Well, to me eating number one is the, probably the most important thing you can do for a person period it's feed them you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying so um while while you're eating i think that's also a very uh, is although there's a very intimate setting um it leads to vulnerability and openness and conversation and and just uh, relating to each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get to relax. You, your body is yep. getting nourishment and you're getting satisfied and you are very grateful and thankful at that time. So, you, your conversations tend to be a lot better because you ain't griping, you ain't hungry. You know, like I learned this marriage thing that helps my marriage. It's called the, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's like five things you don't do. The five, it's, five thing, it's five things that if it's going on in your life, you don't have a serious conversation. If mm. you hungry, tired, angry, and, uh, halt. No, it's, yeah, halt. Hungry, angry, um, I, I forgot what the L one is, and tired. Mm. But, and it's just. I don't you, know if I could never have a real coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be able to ever get real
3: around here. I mean, just talking about food, I'm already hungry.
1: Yeah, so. So I, I could just when you, when you satisfied and you're content and your body is getting nourishment, man, it just opens you up to have better conversations, get to know people, and people feel more comfortable around
3: you. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: What you, were you about to say something, sir? You can go ahead. You, like you know, that's a good question, or whatever. Because the other day I was like reading in the Old Testament, and it was talking about something where like. I don't remember specifically where I was at, but it was talking about when God comes to redeem something um, or when he heals the land. And it was like, you know, it says something like, yeah, the neighbor's going to, and you know, people are going to invite their neighbor over to come, like basically come chill up under the tree. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, you know like it's not necessarily talking about like eating dinner but there's this is idea of community and, and chilling and i even think about just like growing up as a kid and even seeing like going down to my grandmother's house or whatever and you know and and, and seeing these old men in the hood and they would just be like up under these trees in the shade yep. and it's like they couldn't wait to get there to go chill every day you know what <laughs> i'm saying and, and, and it's the same like Up north being on the block or being on your stoop or even here where it's like, you know, no matter what the context is or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, I think I think that sense of community means something. But even with the whole each one reach one series or whatever, like, you know, it's I think it's important for um, our church and for churches, period, to be intentional about things like this. And I think that table is crazy important. Well, tell me why.
3: Why do you think it's important?
0: I think it's important because it's like it's like how we talk about it. Like even with your question, um, when you ask about like why do we see it in scripture, or whatever, um, that's hard to to, to explain, um, you know, and, and give a, give extreme clarity, precise clarity. But I think that it, it there is this idea that. There is something that hit that 's healing that happens at the table and sharing a meal like what we 're just talking about, and I think that when we don 't live that way, I mean my thing is this right here you don 't even have to understand what scriptures is saying it's saying all the time, whatever it says is expedient because it 's the Word of God, and so we are losing something when we don't put into practice what we re- read in the word, you know what yep. i 'm saying, and so that 's for people who you, you, we don't have a, You don't always have the answer, but by faith and by trusting God and believing He's sovereign and King of Kings, just take it for what it is. That dinner table is important.
3: Yeah, man. I, you know, for me, it seems it's fun to kind of speculate sometimes. Like, yeah. why is this in here so yeah, much? Yeah, yeah, why, what's why is it a theme all throughout Scripture? And I kind of see it. I kind of with Phil, like, um, some, something meeting physical needs makes it more apt and able to meet spiritual needs because mm-hmm. you're not thinking about your physical needs. Exactly. And so, you know, when I was in Haiti, it was this kind of similar thought where kids were doing really bad in school and we we started feeding them lunch every day. And for a lot of kids, it was the only guaranteed meal they had that day. Yeah. Right? And what was crazy is over like a course of several months, we, we started trying to def- like analyze and see how much better they do in school based on being fed and what was and we can see that here in america too what was crazy was when we measure their arm the the thicker their arm got from eating yeah the higher their grades correlated wow Mm. i mean it's not i mean it's i'm not a scientist this wasn't like a scientific like phd study yeah but it was enough to see that yeah this actually is something wow that when they're eating, when they're being fed, they can actually concentrate, not think about being hungry, and the grades go up as they get, you know, fuller. That's crazy. And so I sometimes kind of parallel that even with talking about this, like, I mean, because it seems ridiculous, like, eat eat with somebody. Well, we could do a thousand things. Why eat? But if we're called to make disciples, right, well, that means basically we want to teach people to be learners of God and learners of who Jesus is. And no one can think clearly unless you're being, uh, your, your physical needs are being met. Yeah. You know? So I do see the correlation in that. And I mean, that kind of goes again, like some, some of our brothers and sisters are very, um, <coughs> theological yeah. and very like social needs, whatever you, that's secondary. You don't worry about that. You proclaim Christ first and everything else takes care of itself, but that's actually not what you see in scripture at all. No. In, in my reading of it, it's like, yeah, that's central. But even to get to that point, you have to, you have to bring people to a place where they can even hear and listen because their world around them is crumbling
0: straight up and now. And the thing is too, like who in the world wants to listen to somebody who doesn't really care for them, you know? Right. Um, and, and actually jumps past what is very obvious concerning their struggle right in front of them, and not that that's, that doesn 't mean that the struggle is elevated over the Word of God or anything like that, but there is a compassion that is definitely exemplified in the cross that I think, should radiate out of believers. Um, And and, and if it doesn't, I think we should be looking deeper at the cross because the cross screams mercy, screams compassion. Um, There's no reason that we should even be walking in the light of Christ. That's something that was given to us by grace. And so and then it goes back to the kind of the concept of we were talking about before about image bearers of Christ and. If you if you look at people simply as that, you can grieve for anybody. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, matter of fact, I got a scripture for this. Yeah. This is in Matthew or whatever, right? So it says, when the Son of Man comes into his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you. Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So he says, come, you, come, you who are blessed by the father. So let's see who are blessed by the father, right? Mm -hmm. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? drink? When, when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? And In their mind, they're like, yo, that's crazy. You, like, when did this, when did this go down? He said, when did, you, when did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And it says, the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so, well, that's a gangster scripture right there or whatever. And, and, and scary.
3: It, it's, it,
0: it's, it's gangster and it's scary because you're right. There is this, this high-minded theology that I think is very poisonous or whatever, um, and it's, you know it swings the pendulum way far to the side. I get what people are trying to say when they're like, It's not a social gospel and this and that, whatever. But yes, it very much is. It doesn't save you. We're saved by grace. And this isn't saying that these works will actually save you, but it is an implication of having your heart transformed by Jesus Christ, which is first and foremost. But he's saying, yeah, this is what actually flows out of a heart that's been saved by grace. It actually goes and actually lavishes people in their afflictions, whether heathens, crazy, Save or not, it looks at them as image bearers and it looks at them as being ravaged by sin and grieves for it. Just because, just because they're made in the image of God, it's messed up that you're walking these streets homeless or whatever the case is or you're afflicted, or it's messed up that kids in this community are are being you know are are being ravaged by gangs. It's messed up that kids are you know overdosing on pain prescriptions because you're made in the image of God like Satan has come to destroy what God meant to be beautiful. Yeah. And so that's the injustice and that's the that's the travesty but we end up adding up who's worthy of our our goodness and our good deeds. Sure. And that is right. that is the that is undermining the cross on all levels. I feel
3: like the disconnect this this is what I've seen is a disconnect. A lot of people think um you know you, you have to proclaim the gospel to people so they become Christians so they're saved for a future heaven, right mm. well, the disconnect is what was the gospel Jesus shared before he went to the cross because he shared the good news, he was announcing the good news in his ministry mm. and it was repent and believe the kingdom of God is near yeah, so what he's saying is i'm actually I'm actually announcing the kingdom of God, which means we're going to restore, redeem, and bring back shalom into all creation mm-hmm. as the people of God. And we're going, to, we're going to build the kingdom of God here on earth in the midst of the brokenness. And that yeah. the church goes forward and builds it out. What it looks like to bring the kingdom come here on earth now. Yeah. So if that's your mindset, you have to take into account all the brokenness around us and all of creation. Even out to like, even out to pollution, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, because it matters. Yeah. Because this is God's creation. He didn't make this to just throw away. Yeah. He wants to redeem and restore it. So it's not about saying, hey, you should know Jesus, and then you'll be good. Here's your ticket to heaven. So you just kind of get through the next few decades until you die. Yeah. Or whatever. It's like, no, you can know Jesus. And actually see him redeeming creation right now.
0: Most definitely. Like you know like God has called us to be straight wrecking balls. Like yeah. the word calls us repairs of the breach. Mm. So what's broken, God means for believers to bring redemption, healing, and everything to and so it is it, it doesn't say walk around the edge of the valley of the death. You know what I'm saying? It says yo walk we walking through the valley of death. And so I believe we've built this Americanized thing where it's like we, we, you know, and that may be the wrong word to use or whatever, but I think people get the concept of what I'm saying, but we've, we've built this thing that's around comfort, comfort, carnality, where it's like we, we demonize anything that's broken, which undermines the cross anyway, because all together, because we're broken and actually in need of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and we in bad shape, we've become fair, you know, Pharisees when we forget that, but we, we, we call stuff broken, and and don't think about the power of God and what it can actually do to it, and how He restores and changes lives and changes situations, and yeah. how many times He says in the Word, "If you come together and pray, I will heal your land and everything else." So, like, mm-hmm. like yo, we got eternity; it's on lock if you covered by the blood of Jesus. But but God looking to start some mess right now, some beautiful stuff. I'd be, su- yeah. you
1: know, I'd be surprised. Um, how many people that wholeheartedly go hard for religion don't even know what religion is. If you know what religion is, that's what religion is. He said, feed feed those who are hungry, mm. clothe those who are naked, visit them in the prison. Take care of the widow. Take care of the widow. And the
3: orphan. And the yeah. orphan.
1: But we, like our mindset, I just be like, we we have this other thing going on. And, you know, that's why I kind of get what you're saying. You may not necessarily want to, Summing up to an Americanized thing, but you know,
0: <laughs> our culture, uh, we've we're fostering this within our culture, yeah. yeah. And it's
1: just like it's, a, 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 t- I think it's, I think it's just, I you know, it falls into that idolatry thing again yeah. because we want the life, like I hear so many people say, life and that more abundantly, and people. uh Theologically, press it to that more abundantly being here on earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, they'll put that on earth. Okay,
1: they'll put that on earth, and okay, okay. So, if you're gonna put that on earth, you gotta also understand that Jesus said, "The poor be with you always." You're gonna gonna always have an opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. So, all that life and more abundantly that you might contextually think I'm talking about (laughs) here on earth, then use some of what God has given you to be a blessing to other ones. And even if you, even if you're not even that person, that's why I don't think it's about materialistic things. Because you could dignify a homeless person just by speaking to them. Most definitely. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now I make sure now that whenever I see anyone, a transient, or, uh, you know, anyone, when I when they they look me in my eyes, I look them back in their eyes. Mm-hmm. If they ask me for money, I say, "Hey, bro, I don't have it." Or mm-hmm. let me check and see if I got something. Yeah. Just dignify him to even look at him in his face. Yeah. It took a whole lot for him to come ask you for some money. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And we don't think about those things, man. We, you know what I mean?
0: We, we don't. And his, his thing, I want to flip the script on that a little bit too. Because the thing is too, I think a lot of times, and I do this, I probably already started doing this while we're talking. We, cater, we categorize like brokenness to to like yep. homeless folks. Yep. And some of them, number one, debt free is i don't know what, what? yes sir they the better <laughs> it's, it's, some of us they're got the So they at zero yes yeah. they have some, at, of us some big old cribs and some big old cars yes, but because of just like bad stewardship and other type of you know idol idol you know worship and everything else you know it's a whole another thing or whatever so like there's this thing where the gospel shines its light on on all of us and that's a part of that image bear conversation where we don't look at people in their brokenness and see ourselves. But, mm-hmm. like, when we stand before God, he'll lay us all out. Like, yeah. none of this is about, um, that we're talking about, is about hitting the rules better and being better at meeting the mark. Um, as believers, we always want to press into obedience in Christ, but we ain't going to stand before God and be like, God, I did this well and had my dinner table right. Um, we're going to call on the blood of Jesus because it's the only way we're going to, you know, like, be, be there without guilt and be truly righteous and holy but as believers we do want to push into obedience or whatever but it's 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 it's, it's crazy whatever but i you know sure though you about it, to hear something? yeah
3: it you know we're starting a series on sunday called uh christian verse disciple oh yeah and it's going to be interesting how that goes but we're what we're basically saying is that many 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 people claim to be christians but who can actually claim that they've left their life behind and died to themselves to follow after Jesus as a disciple. Mm. I think it's a very big, big distinction because it's, it's cute to say you're a Christian. Yeah. It's really cute. But something in that vein that I'm thinking about is Christians in, you know, the South, we overemphasize conversion. So that's important, obviously, but we overemphasize it. So then all we think about is are they saved or not period so when we see a homeless person we just see him as a number mm. like are they saved or not mm. but disciples while conversion is important we we also underemphasize healing and in growth and wholeness like shalom in their soul and in creation and expanding the kingdom so then we don't see this homeless person as someone who needs to take a journey towards Christ towards fullness and wholeness we just see him as like okay, are you a Christian or not? Okay, well then you need the gospel. Here it is. Convert, you know, turn or burn kind of deal. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really important. It's so important for me because I fall in that category all the time. I, I, it's so hard not to be like... I think we all do. Man, I, I fall in that category all the time where it's like, well, you're saved or not. That's what's important. And while that is a true statement, It's not the most important thing because how many times, I mean, we talk about with the seed, the parable of seed. How many times does this, you know, something grow and they get, you know, choked out by thorns or grow up real fast, have no roots, just fall over. Like just taking the seed is the very first step of a journey. And so it needs to be more than just like, hey, let me deal with you as an object. Yeah. And more as like you're a human being. Yeah. And there's a whole Taking that step is the first step of your whole new life in moving towards Christ. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think sometimes we do it
1: just just to excuse, give the excuse to the fact that, you know, that's what's important.
0: we got an awesome testimony to go tell our people, too. Yeah, that's I, what I, I did. I, just what I did. I met this, I,
1: I met this, <laughs> met this guy who's very less, um, less fortunate than I am, and I shared the gospel with him. And and man, I just and he shook accepted, his hand. In, we prayed. to and I shook his hand. He left, and well, I wished well, him a good life. Well, well, that's <laughs> well, it. Was he, he's hung, he was hungry. Did you give him some food? Well, no, because
3: that's not really important. What's important is his soul is at stake. Did you get him connected to like any other Christians? Or? Yeah,
0: yeah. Look, so he, like, let me look. We get it. Sometimes it goes down like that. It though. does. Sometimes it goes down like that, though. But but I get but what it's you're saying. All the time, but some people. This is what evangelism is. Like, right, they right. think this is the rhythm, and it's not the rhythm. It is not the rhythm. I, so I want to I push on to something, whatever. So I read this article when we was preaching this sermon out, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was, it, all right, so it has this phrase or whatever, you know what I'm saying, which to me or whatever is the, is the is, is, this is the, the, the vein of the cardinality in our country for me or whatever, right? Okay. It sounds good enough or whatever, but let me just read this article. This was from some, some magazine I pulled this from, right? So I was giving some advice. So here it is. It says, you may have a couple friends who you think, oh, I'm not like them. You could be a great kid, but hanging out with the wrong crowd can change that real quick. If you're the only one in your friend group who has actual goals and aspirations, then you probably won't accomplish them. If you want to go to med school, but only hang out with the people who didn't even graduate high school, then you may have a problem there. Your friends should be people who motivate you to push yourself further than you thought, than you, thought you could go. Oh, God. I mean, it's cool. I get it. I've I I told my kids it. stuff like this before. I get And then it. it says, surround yourself with those who you look up to and want to be like. Because chances are, if you're around them enough, then you'll pick up things from them. You become them. You become your friends. Surround yourself with people who uplift you and who have a positive outlook on life. People notice who you choose to surround yourself And a lot of times we'll judge you based off of that. Is it always right? No, but more times than not, it's pretty accurate. Who you hang out with is a direct correlation to the kind of person you are. If you hang out with people who are kind and have good hearts, outsiders are going to look at you and think you are also kind with a good heart. Thank goodness. However, the opposite side of the spectrum can be true too. If you hang out with people who have bad intentions, outsiders looking in will assume you have bad intentions as well. While at the end of the day, we all are our own people who can make our own decisions. We are ultimately influenced the most by our friends and peers. That's what we. That's what can either make or break you.
1: You know what's so funny about that?
0: The way you were reading it. I know. That's my. That's, what voice was that? I don't know. That one just comes out sometimes. <laughs> like usually when I'm reading like articles or whatever, it comes out. That's your a, reading voice. It's my reading voice. I just do it or whatever, right? But so man, this sounds good enough. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've told my kids stuff like this. Like, my mom told me this, and she was right. She was like, yeah, Yo, you're going to end up locked up running with them kids you're hanging out with. And I was like, help? T- He's a great dude. Then I'll call her from the jail like, um, Mom, I was with, what's his net face? And, yeah, we locked up. You was right. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. There's some substance to it. But, you know, and this is speaking to kids for the most part, but I yeah. think we apply it as adults, too. This is like our anthem of, this, this has been preached out in, in, in sermons a oh, yeah. million times, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's problematic, right, Yeah, in some senses, because I, I think it, it ends up being there's some wisdom to it. You have to have balance to it. But it becomes anti-Scripture in what we actually saw in the Scripture when it comes to the least of these. The least of these are in that
3: you hang out with the least of these, people start to think you, you, you like them pretty much. You know right. what I mean? I think that it's a starting point yeah like when you become a Christian, I think it actually is a good starting point because you want to see what 's different about Christians, so you want to be around other people than your friends because they yeah. probably will show you something mm-hmm. The problem is there 's no next step yeah because what what it 's for is to learn a new identity, to learn that we worship God and not other false gods in our culture and our friend groups or whatever. And then be built up and encouraged with one another to actually go back out to your friend group. And then what happens is, and this, what's crazy is people, like this whole thing, what it gets into is like, what do other people think about me? Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Because God doesn't. Yeah. God, you should only care about what God thinks about you. Yep. And I don't hear that in that. And that, that's where this gets dangerous. And this gets into this like, I'm telling you this, in suburban white culture, that hits the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, that, that was it. And it was like, Hey, if you hang out with the wrong people, you're going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And something could happen. Yeah. And it's like, it's a half truth. That is true. That is definitely true. But how, what's your response to Jesus hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes? What, what do you what think? Would you go tell it? the King of Glory? Well, let's tell him. Hey, do you you know the Sadducees and the Pharisees probably aren't going to look kindly on you, Jesus, doing that. And it's like, what does that mean?
0: What does that even What does it even mean?
3: Because Jesus seemed to think like, yeah, well, I'm hanging out with the people that actually expose their need, and I want to be there for him. Yeah. So I do think there's a maturity, obviously, and I mean, yeah. it's all my opinion. You know, yeah. it's whatever, but. It, it just, it never transfers over into not being huddled up in your Christian group yeah. to then go back out. Because you have no friends and no connections anywhere outside the church. While the whole world is on fire, you're just sitting up in the steeple like, oh, praise God, everything's good in here.
0: Yep. I, I think we're suffering really heavy from, like, the idolatry of reputation. And, mm. and And, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it just is what it is, whatever. Like, there's a... You stand with the wrong people, then you take on their disdain. Like, you know, me and Miss Donna Frio from from um, the EVAC, you know what I'm saying, with the EVAC boys, we were talking about this just this week or whatever. Like, when we go anywhere with them, you know, young black teenagers, mm-hmm. the disdain that mm-hmm. is just like people look at you with for just standing with them. Right. It doesn't matter. Doing regular things, going to get coffee, going to eat food, sitting down eating them being just teenage boys, you take on this disdain, this and so I get why some people like. And this is the thing: where if somebody's not willing to sacrifice their reputation to see other people lifted up, or right. they're not willing to die to themselves to see other people, then man, yo, then 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 that's where. You know, the work is going to stop or our deeds are going to fall short. But um, I just want to look, read Philippians 2 real quick or whatever, because I think it touches on this reputation thing. It says um, it's Philippians 2 verse, uh, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, um, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and those on, under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so one of the things we see in this scripture is that Christ in his life was giving glory to the father and one of the ways he was giving glory to the father was through humility mm. he's he, he, he's he is god but he takes himself and humbles himself to the point of being found in the appearance of a man his own creation right and it says he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even letting his own creation kill him right absolutely and it says but he made himself of no reputation so it blows my mind when I look at this scripture or whatever, and i 'm like i 'm just as vain and, and 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 whatever is the next man or whatever, and you know it makes me wrestle with my own personal sin in this area, but it 's like Christ made himself of no reputation, mm-hmm. and we can 't even grasp his glory for real, so we don't we can 't even comprehend. This idea of humility when it comes to him lowering himself or whatever. It's beyond anything we can understand. But nevertheless, it's the example that he set for us. And I think, like, you know, when you look at this and then you look in this conversation and kind of our idolatry of be with the cute crowd, work up, go up the ladder, go up the ladder, get more. You know what I'm saying? And everything else, it, 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 it's, it's, it's problematic, like, man.
3: It, but here's my thing, too. It's like it's all included, right? There's people in the scripture like Abraham. Uh, Joseph, um, David, who are like above their peers leaders, right? Uh They're these guys. But then there's just other guys like prophets like Isaiah, um, I think even Jeremiah, and then like even Jesus and Paul who who lower themselves. So God has a distinct purpose for all of us, and it could be to lead and be above and um, shepherd other people, or it could be to be so low that you're actually, you know, looked at and viewed at as just, like, irreputable. Like, you have no reputation in society. Yeah. So we actually don't get to determine that. Like, we try to because no one wants to be the second, especially in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's places for everyone. So the answer to me isn't, like, so everyone should just be, you know, um, I don't even know, like giving everything away, living in a van down Mm. by the river and any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. But it's so hard because I let's talk, we're called the Ville radio. So let's talk about Jacksonville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see Christians go out huddled together, almost handing out, throwing food, hopping back in the van and going home. Like that is like feeding the poor to them. Mm. And it, it's a tragedy yeah. because, I mean, it is a good thought, I guess, and it's helpful in a way because it's feeding somebody. But at what point are you humanizing them? Like, you just come and just throw food at an animal and then head back to wherever you're from? Is, yeah. that, going, is that really going down like
0: that? No, that's, that's, that's no, definitely I going mean, down. That's, it's,
3: it's like, who, and this comes back to at the table. If you invite someone to the table, you, you put on equal grounds as yourself. Yeah. Because you're like, I sit here, you sit here, we are both valuable, we are both uh, high enough to like, eat this meal. Yeah, like, there's, no, there's no disparity between us. Yeah. But like so many outreach things, is like, we'll go to this place, mm. package up some meals, maybe even pray for somebody. Give it to them and be like, hey, here's yeah. some food, can we pray for you? Sure, that could help. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't. Yeah, but it's it's so shallow that how is this man's life going to be transformed? How is he going to find healing into the depths of his sorrows by just getting this meal, getting prayed for, and then not being seen again for another week? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm not trying to bash it. Yeah, like because it's better than nothing. Yeah, right? Right, right. But what I'm trying to say is, we we have a we have a problem, and I'm just going to speak in our city when we think we have succeeded. By just buying food, giving it to someone, hauling back to my town, side of town, and just living in my little, you know, um, smaller society of comfort. Yeah. And then we're like, you know what? Let's do something good yeah. again. Let's yeah. go out there and feed them again. Yeah. It,
0: you you know no you, you know here's here's the thing, I know it happens because I've done it. I've Absolutely. done it a million times. Absolutely. Um, and you know, even when we had the straight and narrow store downtown, it was one of those, like, there was constant needs all the time. And so, you know, we, that's, we would go feed people and it was an answer to the problem, but it most definitely was shallow because there, there, there is another, if I could, if I could sum up what you're saying is this right here. I think people get carried away with those type of efforts and efforts like that. And we start patting ourselves on the back like we're killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, most definitely, if God's calling you to do it and it helps somebody, go do it. But there's still this, it, is this like, it, you, you don't really walk away as a champion. You actually should walk away more so grieved, like, God, I wish we could actually do more. Right. Um, or walking in the light and going, God, this person needs more, but I'm actually too selfish to give it to him right now. Yeah. Um, that sounds horrible. But I think we all would be found in this vein depending on the day of the week. I I, I say it all the time. I just said in a sermon the other day, I rolled up on two cats to preach the gospel the other week or whatever that I saw in the street. By the end of the day, a brother rolled up on my truck. I was like, homie, step away. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like like no love in my heart whatsoever. And as I drove away, I just was like, God, forgive me. Like I couldn't. But it was good for my soul because I didn't go home thinking I was a hero because I was driving around town with, you know, a remorseful heart for seeing somebody struggling. I'm like, Jesus, I need you even in the middle of this. I need it when I'm, I'm, I am actually am bringing somebody to the table to walk into their life. And I need it when I'm out here with my, you know, my little sandwich, my little quick fix or whatever. But yeah. um you know, and, and you know, and I think our hearts are weighed in that. Do we do it by faith? Are we praying for an opportunity for it to actually go deeper? And, you know, I think some people will just see this as criticism. But I think as Christians, I think it's helpful for us to examine our heart, examine the efforts, and see if they're truly efficient. And if, you know, God would have us to even dream deeper for what we can do to have a more long-term impact. Right. On what you're going to find on the other side of that question is 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 more sacrifice though. Well, yeah. it's
1: going to be it's going to take more sacrifice cuz I think about um like we I, I think sometimes we just don't realize where our power um comes from and and it goes back to us going with this mindset that everything's going to go the way we wanted to go mm-hmm. and we don't really believe in the power of God even touching and moving anybody. I remember going out and I um and witnessing with a group of people um and we walked up on, we walked in this park. We walked in the park, actually downtown. Not Confederate, but the one on the other side right off of Main Street. So uh, the one that got the big pond in the middle of it. So we down there, guys sitting in there. We go talk to him, go talk to one of the guys, and everybody is on the roll with just like, brother, this is so great. and <laughs> You know, things are going well. Then we meet one dude, and one dude's like, Uh, Yeah, I want to talk. We we, we just like to talk to you about the Lord and Jesus and ask you if you're saved. He was like, Nah, I ain't saved. He said, I don't want to be saved. He said, I know where I'm going. Hell is my destiny. Like that. Homeboy answered like that? (laughs) He answered just like that. He was just like, Hell is my destiny. So they was just, so at that moment, you could see everybody's soul just shrivel up, just like. (laughs) Everybody just shrivels up. Like they was in front of Satan himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, and, whoa. and I think about it because I, I was looking at him like, man, how could you, how you say something like that, bro? Like, yeah. And, you know, I ain't shriveled up. I wasn't scared, but everybody else was scared. And I think I was scared because I just come from the neighborhood I know and I see it all the time. But I was just like, how you say something like that? They were, yo, the spookiness that was on their face. It was like they was talking to Lucifer himself, son. And it was just like at that moment, they felt like they couldn't be of no effect for him.
0: Yeah, like you're done.
1: Yeah, you're like you're done. And it's just like, yo, he's a human freaking being that needs Jesus. I don't care what he says out his mouth. Yes, he could be that way. Because most of the time in our hearts, I remember there was times when I was in these streets hard and I was like, you know what? If I die, the hell with it.
3: That's where I, I, I know. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Real, like, he yeah. just had
1: the nerve to say it out his mouth. I mean, yeah.
3: at least he's honest. At
1: least he's at least he's honest. You so don't that, have that, to. Like, that's cut actually something, the BS. To that's yeah. something, that's something to work with. and that's something to work with. And that's a sacrifice where you have to say, "Well, brother, can I pray for you?" You know what I'm saying? Because God could still move in this man's life. But Probably we, more so than other people. More so than others. But we just have this mindset of just like, if it doesn't go A, B, C, it's like that checklist. If we don't got that checklist, I don't want to have nothing to do. He spooked everybody out. And then he did like this when when we walked away. He was like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh no! Oh my And God. it was just crazy. Son. I was just like, I want "No one to on the radio knows what you just did." <laughs> no one's hilarious. Yes, yo,
0: let, let let me piggyback off of something you're saying there, right? Because it's like I feel like a lot of times we are like we 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 have this evaluation system on who we even think is uh, worthy. worthy of yes. our evangelism, so to speak, or whatever, right? Yeah. And so. I think that, um, you know, we've been like, we've, we've, we've Americanized that. Like, you know, like what culture says walks right, talks right, man, great candidate for being a believer. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I think that we've started to classify everything according to that. So we see like classism and elitism in churches. This is, this is in, um, I mean, the fact that we even have to say white church or black church says that this is true, yeah. right. that 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 was based off of how we value and and, and dehumanize each other in, on on those levels or whatever. But then it plays out in class all day long in churches or whatever, where right. the least of these that Christ spoke spoke about in the previous scripture that we fed him when we fed them. You don't see the least of these being able to get a seat at the table. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, like, why do y'all, what do you, what do you think that, like, what do you
3: hear when you hear that? Why do you think that is? Uh, it's, I think because, I, I think it's like this. Like, people that are in America that are Christians, it's so easy to spot the game. It's, for me, it's becoming more and more easy and even easy in myself to do it. So, like, when Phil was saying earlier, true religion, what it is. It's like, feed the poor, clothe the, you know, naked. It's like, oh, that's the checklist. If I'm doing that, I'm good. And it's like, no, no, no. What he's really saying is this is the best way to invite someone into relationship because now you have, like, they know you care about them. Absolutely. And now it's, it's the starting point, not the ending point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean... I don't know, man. I think about it like that, like, we see people different than us. We see classes different than us. Like, oh, we're supposed to love them. Yeah. If, like, you're you're above another class, you're like, oh, we're supposed to love them. Yeah. If, you're, if you see a class above, you're like, oh, we're supposed to respect them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But it's just a game. Yeah. It's not like you truly do that. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just know you're supposed to because that's what it says. Yeah. But all of it, I mean, and it all comes back to this, it's all... Uh, like an icebreaker because you do it to develop relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you do it and then you're like, God, what's my next thing I do? Who do I do this with next? Yeah. Is that, does that make sense? No, no it, it makes, makes plenty perfect of sense.
0: sense. Yep. It makes plenty of sense. You know, one of the things, like, <coughs> I think about, like, I, I want to read this scripture real quick or whatever. Um, this is Romans 15, but it says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves let it, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up for Christ did not please himself but as it is written the reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so... When I read this scripture, like the first part of this really sticks out to me. Like I, I, I quote it a lot of times, but it says like, you know, we who are strong have an obligation, he's speaking to believers, to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor to his good and to build them up. I think often what we do in churches or whatever, for people who think they're strong mm-hmm. and they're probably not as strong as they think they are, mm-hmm. um, but they... They we feel like we're strong and we set the speed of the church to satisfy ourselves. Right. Instead of setting the speed of the church to those who are walking in our doors, who may be um, their interest in Christ may be piqued. God could already be doing something in their heart. Um, Somebody could have just invited them, but we don't start dreaming um, from the from the perspective of how do we actually serve them, love them for the glory of God? Um, how do we step into their story like Christ right. and his humility came down into our story? How do we step down from uh, we may have a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of maturity and a wealth of a line that we live by or whatever. Um, and and not that you decrease that in the sake of sin, but you decrease it and you 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 tolerate their their lack of knowing just so you can get in on the conversation to walk right. them to where God is, you know, transform them to I me. Mean, because like I think about. Like even in my walk, all the people, like I, I and I, I have specific examples that I won't get into, but I know people that bared with me that after I grew as a believer, I didn't realize how my heart was broken for the grievousness they must have felt in their heart tolerating my foolishness. Yeah. And but they, but but you know, once I had that realization, I was like, Dad, they sat with me through this. They probably were disgusted by this. The stories I was embarrassed, I was in shame, but I was like, these people were having mercy on me with the hope of winning me one day, and they were speaking right. into me, and i didn't even get it and that and the only reason i even they're even in my mind right now on this side of things is because I heard their words later on i'm like, yeah. in the midst of my crazy mess, they were sowing seeds in me tolerating me and they didn't just cast me off and be like you're an ignorant fool because like i know some of the specific things i was telling people my sexual sexcapades over the weekend and i and and i think about it now i could see their face and the grief in their face listening to it yeah and i can't believe the amount of grace they gave to me in those moments for the sake of trying to win win my soul i i I told y'all about this recently one of the people I'm talking about, I ran into them in a restaurant recently, and told them I was a, a preacher, mm-hmm. a, a pastor, and they were just like, they just went to tears right in the restaurant.
3: I thought he said they're gonna have a heart attack. Yeah,
0: no, he's <laughs> about to have a heart attack, and they were like, "Boy, y'all was satanic up in mm. this piece. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's like, "Homeboy, like, bro, I know where we are going," and so they, 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 they were planting seeds. Yeah, they were planting seeds, man, and they, they, they lowered down. Um, you know, she took on the obligation of dealing with my weakness, which was glorious to God, you know. Man, just
3: hearing you say that, this is what I think, and I think it's going to offend a lot of churches. Yeah. So I'm just going to preface with that. Well, you know, it won't be the first time. So when I hear you say that, man, it's like there's two agendas. There's God's agenda and then our agenda. Yeah. All right. So if we're going with our agenda it's going to, like, when you said, like, keep up with our speed, our maturity, like, that's, you're going to have a church that actually reflects you. Yeah. And it, it actually pushes everyone else out because they can't keep up with that speed or yeah. it's, like, not for them. Yeah. So. The, cla- the
0: clash line starts right yeah, there. So if
3: your church is very reflective of someone's agenda, someone's, like, purpose or mission for the church, even if it's a pastor or whatever it's probably not God's agenda because if it's not diversified with different classes and welcoming and welcoming, we say that sure it's welcoming, but are people there of, of different backgrounds, different classes, um, different socioeconomic groups. It's probably because there is, there is a culture and agenda set to what you need to be to be there. That isn't godly because God, his agenda is to invite and actually have all people in one spot. Yeah. So it's like temperature check of your church. Yeah. If it's not like that? Yeah. If you feel that sometimes it forces people out? Yeah. Maybe you should actually question what's going on. Yeah. Why is there not like this invitation for all people to be there and not just an invitation to be there but to stay there and so like these people did with you to wade through the mess and wade through the the sin nature in like the sanctification of someone yeah you know what I'm saying
0: yeah you, you you know like and I just want to I, I want to add to what you're saying because as a pastor of a church I'll be the first one to actually walk into this and say like I think our church gets accredited for you know we get the credit of diversity or whatever all the time and different things but yeah we we ain't, we ain't killing this at all like it's no. trampling on our hard hearts all the time, and God is having to soften us up. So this is a process, and it is right for churches. Like most people go to just defending themselves. The church is something that is, God is married to. God is, is always sanctifying the church. Um, so we are allowed to walk in the light and confess. I confess that the Ville Church needs to lean into this more, um, and we, we have been, but we need to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper relationally um, into building something that looks um, like how Christ would actually have it, in where we, we 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 are humbling ourselves so other people can walk in the room. Right. Um,
3: I mean, how many people come that are of different, you know, backgrounds and economic classes who don't have interaction when they come into our church? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a failure. That's point a, blank. That
0: yeah. that gets on my last nerve or whatever. So we need the power of Jesus to do this. This ain't this isn't about just being good works or whatever. But um, I know we got like a minute or two, right? Two minutes. Two minutes. I want to read a scripture on the way out the door whatever, and I hope people find this encouraging. Um, This is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, and this is what I want people to see, all the listeners or whatever, what I want you to hear. I want you to see the example that was set for us in the scripture. It said, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That, that phrase means that we are actually called to take the enemies of God and bring them into the family of God and bring them back into relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So ain't nobody too jacked up, too messed up, too whatever If they out there, we on the hunt, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 19 says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Mm. This is what we fight with, not counting people's trespasses against them in our our self-righteousness, what we think is too much. And it says, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, So he's given us the message of reconciliation. He's given us this calling to spread the gospel, and it's a heavy calling. But for the glory of God, we have to let him lay out what the rules to this is or whatever, not not ourselves. We don't want to make it carnal. And so it ends with this. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Only by the grace and power of God will we be able to walk in that, period. Mm -hmm. Nobody's cute enough to carry this thing. So we at the end, fellas? We at the
3: end. We there.
0: It's the Ville Radio Show, 103.7 FM, 1320 AM, Pure Radio, the Ville Radio. We love y'all. Peace.
3: Actually, we got 10 seconds left. Do we? Yeah. What do you want to say?
0: Hurry up. Somebody say something, man.
1: It's Philly Yillys, we already talked about it. We got a little syllability, but we let y'all know that Jesus said, take care of those that can't take care of themselves, man. Let's grow, let's grow together, let's eat some supper. I'm out of here.
3: Yeah. Feed the poor because you want to build a relationship. Straight With up. Rest boy. in
0: peace to my homie GT. Terrence Meadows, we love you, homie. Easy. Phil, get us off of Facebook Live, bro. Oh. I know I already know what you're gonna do. Facebook Live, we love y'all. Thank y'all, everybody, for tuning in and rocking with us. I
1: don't want to go that way. I might fall. Facebook Live, see me fall and bust my... uh, Taylor. Cuckoo! Facebook Live. Facebook Live. We love y'all. Terry, what's happening? You know what I'm saying? It's the Ville Radio Show. Big Philly, he's right there Jude Lulee in the center, and Jeremy Shirk dog right there at the end. Y'all know how we do it? Feed the poor, man. Let's do that. It's
0: it's really, really, he hit hit it dead on on, like, the whole concept for the whole joint. Skin. What up, Gangster? What you up to? Indeed. What they working? No, I hear you Working? I hear you. I was heat, I was heating you up or whatever because I um I'm tr- I'm trying to hold off on that drywall because I'm thinking um my floors like some of the the stuff started crumbling around the steps and so, uh, so I'm gonna have the insurance company come back out because they might end up including the floors on it. I mean, I'm going to do, if, if, if they include all the floors or whatever, I'm going to knock it up and put some. <laughs>
3: well, I know who uh, is at the top of that list, Daniel. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. All right, anybody else at all?
3: Well, one more. Wait, hold on. She came to the mic. She gets preference.
1: <laughs> um, What's the feeling toward... Uh, Replacing Jen, like, do you have someone in mind already? Are you still, are you waiting for someone to come up,
2: or are you nervous that no one will, or like?
0: For you're saying for Kidsville? Yeah. So, well, we're kind of just talking about the role and kind of what it what it's gonna look like and stuff. And I mean, I guess we really already know that. And Jen has somebody in her mind, and so we'll probably go through an interview process. Um, you know, Jen, you yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's a really good question, because I actually don't have anyone, I have two people in my mind, but I would love, love, love names. I think I would love a deep pool and to be able to interview 15 people would be ideal. Um, So if any, the currently right now, (laughs) um, if you know anyone who has a passion for children, um, we just, it would just be great to have a resume. Uh, Jay and I are being intentional because the context is just different. It's just not just going to be someone who loves kids. Um, But we need names. I think that would be really good. So if um, I did want to say it's a paid part-time position, um, probably about 15 hours a week. It could be more than that, but I would say that's a good average. And um, if you could give resumes maybe to jen at theville.church, J-E-N-N, or just talk to me after Sunday, that would be really great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say. What we're looking for is people who actually, uh, not just love kids, but actually want to lead people who love kids. Like somebody who has that kind of heart. Like from an organizational standpoint, like I really want to love kids by leading people who lead kids. Hear what he said. Anybody else? Oh yeah, yeah. Tyler, I'm sorry, brother. Tyler. Um. I I would say more so. Um, more than any, I to be honest with you, I think more so, Kidsville, more than anything. Um. I like I I think I think that we can you know like me and Tony talk a lot. We're really close. I think our heart is really aligned on stuff. I feel like a lot of the things that are happening in the church with the teams. Um it's already giving me rest, even though it doesn't feel like it just because of the crazy stuff that's going on, but it's already just giving me rest in my life and, 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 uh, and just feeling like it's going to be more healthy once we get past this crazy season. Um, so I, so I feel confident with that type of stuff. Um, I think when it just comes to the kids, I'm, I'm always, con- it's, to, it's a big deal. Like kids is a really big deal for our church. Um, and the type of leader we have, um, and so, you know, Jen has just been so done so well with it, with loving the people, the leaders that are there, and um, and and so I really want something that's that is is very similar to that. Um, and so that's that's my biggest concern. And then there's some things that just from a support stand, standpoint, where it's um, admin, secretary stuff that I know I need to be able to function. It's like my 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 role is just. I don't know just relationally even what's happening in the city and then my involvement with Acts 29 is like I feel like I'm in the church in the street and then they're like hey can you come lead our southeast region and just different stuff and I'm like I can't even deal with all the correspondence so like I'm you know and I think I'm one of those people like no nah, I don't want to do that and start turning into that guy that needs an assistant but I'm like it's getting to the point where I'm like I can't manage this stuff so we've been talking about like well, Jay, what do you need to function well or whatever and go home and be present with your family type stuff. So but Kidsville, that's the biggest thing I'm nervous about is finding the right person for that. And and, and I feel like am I feel like we're girding ourselves up well to be patient and and um and wait for that next pastor to walk in. And I think when we see him we're gonna know him just because of this experience and what we've kinda went through over the year with Pastor Jeremy and stuff and, and just what we've been able to to kind of learn in the process, mm-hmm. so I feel confident about that, you know. So, well,
3: you've also told me you're nervous, that he's not going to be as funny as me. It,
0: well, that's true, yeah. I like, yeah, yeah, you know, we need somebody that's crazy a little bit that'll, you know, eat. You know, we never waste food at all. I know that Jeremy, eat off of anybody's plate, so you know. All right, anybody
3: else in the back? In the back, any questions from the Dodger fans?
0: Nobody at all. Okay. All right, y'all. Shirk Dog, you mind praying this out? Yeah, let's pray. All right.
3: <clears throat> um, Lord, I, I just feel really honored and thankful um, to be at this church and to serve this church. Um, the idea that um, there could actually be room for grace and mercy and patience and love, uh, even when I'm feeling you you point me to something new, is, is remarkable. And it, and it speaks volumes to who you are and then who you've made this church to be. Um, thank you for moving through the, the hearts and the minds and souls of the people of the Ville Church. Um, I'm just thankful for everything that you've taught us, um, the places that you brought us from and the places you're taking this church, um, I, I really believe that this is your church and I've just been um, honored to get to serve in it and to know that you are really um, loving the people here in uh, Liberty and Confederate um, and changing lives. Uh, through the grace that you show us. Um, thanks for Jay. Thank you for um, giving him a heart to um, pastor a church. It's a, it's a difficult, difficult call. And um, I'm glad he has the courage to step out in faith to do it. And thank you for all the people that are here that are that are supportive and um, leading in their own ways throughout this church. Um, your, your church is a body of believers. We all have a part. And um, you know, Christ is ahead of it. And we worship, we worship Jesus. We're thankful for Him, and um, just continue to bless the church and continue to give people questions. Encourage to ask questions. We want to answer anything that anyone has. Um, we want to lay bare ourselves. We don't want to hide anything. Um, we we want to trust you, and just we give all of this to you. And we ask that you continue to protect it, grow it and transform it into your image. Um, In your name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. All right, love y'all. Hey, um, grab some food on the way out, y'all, because there's still a lot back there, all right? Appreciate
3: y'all.